24 Legacy features all of the hallmarks of the classic 24 on Fox. The only thing missing? You! Check out 24legacyfans.com now and jump into the best discussions about 24 Legacy. Log on to 24legacyfans.com. That's 24legacyfans.com. An official partner of the 24podcast.com effort. Shield. It's an organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, Shield, the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by Director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. Shield's activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of Shield, a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of Shield agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of Shield podcast from Two Guys Talking. The twisted universe of the Agents of Hydra continues into its second episode, detailing the events, actions, and goings-on of our alternate land heroes inside this plugged-in world. There are surprises, joy, and sorrow, and moments of wonderful disbelief inside this episode, and now it's time for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. This time, it's Season 4, Episode 17, Identity and Change, here on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, a ton to talk about, but first, some quick housekeeping. A new website appeareth. Uh, pardon me while I while I have another sproing moment while I open up a new web browser. Ah, control N is so delicious. The only thing more delicious, typing in the number two G U Y S T A L K I N G dot com. Enter. Sproing. <laughs> For those that are curious, look I'm at just, the games on that website. I've just Sproinged once again as I've gone to look at our brand new website at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two guystalking.com. What you'll also note over the next week or so is the complete refulfillment of every episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, as well as all of the other episodes of all kinds of awesome over at twoguystalking.com. This has been not just a learning experience, but probably the most challenging period of a month over my life. Yeah. And I'm so happy that we have figured out where so many bottlenecks and need to figure out stop gaps have been inside my business model that we've had for over a decade now. Mm. Uh, this new website is just wonderful. I'd like you all to go look at it over at twoguystalking.com and look for more great information, access, and detail over at agentsofshield.tv again in about a week where you'll be able to look at all the episodes of the Agents of Shield podcast. The completion of the 24 Legacy podcast for season one. Chris and I will be capturing the last episode of the 24 Legacy podcast detailing the events of what happens over there on Fox during 24 Legacy, its first season, uh, next week. And it's going to be really exciting because once again, we've got a real-life crisis negotiator, Lieutenant Doring again, who is one of my favorite people to talk about, not just because he has life skills that I know I won't have but would love to have right. as a real-life crisis negotiator, not only because he's been in law enforcement for so long, not only because he's been invited to the real-life Homeland Security Department headquarter awesomeness, but because he, too, is a comic book and 24 geek just like us. Ah. And having someone that has that knowledge that can then span that knowledge across fandom like he has in previous episodes of the 24 podcast, mm -hmm. it's magical. It's, it's magical to take people that have the real life knowledge and how it can be stretched as an educational platform to all of you listening. It's really something special. 
He joins Christy, Giuseppe, and I inside of the next episode of the 24 Podcast, detailing the events of everything you see inside of 24 Legacy on Fox inside the next episode. Check it all out over at 24podcast.com. Great stuff. All right, enough of the sprawling moments from both the 24 Podcast and the new website for Two Guys Talking. It's time to jump in with both feet into this second episode of the Agents of Hydra. Hail Hydra! Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. Tinfoil hat wearing Colson. This was fun. This was fun because it was a complete departure from the cessation of what happened inside of the last episode. Yes. It also paints where it's not just a snap fingers moment and everything's fine. And I really enjoy that. I like that they're taking the opportunity to not just, and now everybody's back to normal because we had one episode where it was really cool alternate land stuff. Right. It doesn't feel like it's just being drug out. It, clearly, this guy has a completely different perspective than even Phil Coulson had inside mm. of the real world, quote unquote. Right. And I enjoy that because it becomes a completely different character. I also like the way that they explain how Coulson inside the framework does have bits and pieces of his old memory because his memory had been altered before in the real world during Project Tahiti when mm -hmm. he was essentially brought back to life, mm -hmm. including the, the, the great inclusion of the blue soap. No, 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 it's not the blue soap. It was the blue Cree blood. Yeah. I love that, and uh, what it instantly made me think of when we were listening to this was, I don't know if you remember or not, but back uh, another great alternate reality asterisk movie that we might accidentally spoil here, so uh, spoiler alert, Fight Club. Mm, yeah. You guys will all remember the poster and or the cover of the DVD slash Blu-ray set for Fight Club is a bar of soap. Right. And then imprinted inside of the bar of soap is the word Fight Club. I instantly thought of that when I saw this, and I'm like, there's your wonderful tie into some sort of merchandising coming up in the near future, where there is some sort of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. soap or Agents of Hydra soap that is blue soap. Mm. I, I just, I love all that. I love the I love the potential ties and stuff like that. I love it when they have rope-a-dope history that can be referred to and something that can be excellent inside of really great fandom conventions. I love all of that. A real Mac Daddy. This was stellar because it paints some really great pictures of what could and should have been, according to Mac. Mm -hmm. And again, the actor that plays Mac has done yet another extraordinary job of painting, I'm just a guy and there's my kid. Right. The, the, the cadence of dialogue, the wanting to foster a child that is clearly not just your average child. Mm, yeah. One that's inquisitive and wants to know more about the world that she's in because, sadly, there will be a time where she is not. Yeah. Tears me up as I'm thinking about it because wow. the day and time is going to come where not only will he not be able to look at his daughter, he won't be able to look at his daughter. It's also Wonderful. Acting also, here. Well, it's also very interesting story-wise when you think ahead. What is going to happen to Mac when he realizes this world doesn't isn't real? Is he going to be able to give up the daughter that he never had, stay in the framework, help his friends, or we're, I, we're it's tossed up in the air to where anything goes. Mac is now, in my opinion, in this show during this storyline, he is now the wild card. Because you don't know exactly what he's going to do. And actually, you see it in this episode. They show that you don't, you can't put your finger on, oh, well, this is Mac, and Mac's going to do this. No, he's not. This is not the Mac we know. Yeah. This is Mac Daddy. Yeah. Or yes. Daddy Mac. Yeah. However you want I, to say it. That, that's so very well put. And we're going to get into more about what happens with this character inside this episode because there's a couple of holy cow, you got to be kidding me right. moments oh, yeah. inside of this episode with him. And again, the wonder of what is going to happen where, he, just like you stated, where he is that complete X factor. And, you know, the moment that will eventually come of, but I can't leave. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't wait for that because it's the same thing we were talking about with May, where May instantly becomes another onion with so many different layers because right. something else different happens. And now because of this layer of onion, something completely different happens. And because she's inside of this world and these events happen, another series of layers is added. It, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderfully crafted. And it's something I would not have thought you could do with just, hey, let's make, a, let's make this digital world. Because mm-hmm. that sounds really, really dumb. Especially when you think, oh, it's just another Matrix ripoff. And usually it is. It is. Yeah. Usually it is really yeah. dumb. And, and they, in every single aspect, I think, inside of especially this episode, they have created so many differing deep layers of what's being crafted. Man, just total game on moment for the writers. The Wide Body Papers, Please Patrol. This was awesome. If you are looking for a snapshot of what this world is. It's right there, yeah. Again, being able to paint appropriate character portrayal and the atmosphere that they're in in three minutes, please. Boom. Yeah. It does not get any more. This is what we are dealing with. And I don't even know what else to say here. You know, he's the daddy that's going to be on the forefront that takes responsibility for things. Uh, he accidentally gets off because they go and drag someone else to their doom. Yeah, luckily. <sighs> Just a, a wonderful piece of writing and acting on every single person's part here. Uh, you know, the only thing is that they had to they had to go drag the guy and then they all had to leave. That was the only thing that I thought might have been a rub. But, you know, they only had three cars. And they had True. to go take this guy away and investigate him and interrogate him and blah. Well, it's also your fake out, too. It's your fake out because, oh, oh well, this is how they're going to get Mac. And then they don't. Yeah. So yeah. now you're not expecting what happens later on in the episode to happen. So that when it does, you're like, oh, oh, no. I really enjoyed this piece. Not, of course, not the guy getting Gestapoed up. Right. But the... You and know, let's the, be honest here. That's what this is. Yeah. Th- this is Nazi-controlled Germany only in the framework. Th- th- this is what Hydra is. Yeah. And how anybody in that made-up world can possibly think that Hydra did not come, up, come from Nazis is just ridiculous. Yeah. Talking tech. The tech cufflinks. Another brilliant piece, man. Just, it doesn't stop. And this could be so nothing. Yeah, it's so simple, yet so entertaining. And And, and it makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I also wonder why this has not been a revolution inside of tech development. It's where I wish we had Chris DiGiuseppe, my co-host, and captain of law enforcement for 25 years, Mm. on the horn, because I would love to talk to him about why and how handcuffs have been developed over the years. Because clearly there's a reason why we don't have something like this, Mm, even if it's only because it's tech, as opposed to it's time to put steel manacles on you because you have been bad, now enjoy shame. I'm absolutely certain that's a piece of why handcuffs in general have not changed over to something like this. Right, yeah. But this is wonderful. And not the only piece of tech inside the episode that I wanted to make sure we focus on, but definitively one that I wanted to talk about because it's very well done. Uh, where, it, again, it could be just such a train wreck of, okay, it's time to have an interesting tech moment here. Boring! And you don't have that. It, it's, it's a piece of the storytelling that has to happen, and it's tech enough to take it just the near future enough to foster the storytelling. Well, very it well still done. keeps it in the realm of the science fiction, fantasy, action world in which these comic books are based off of. Right. Hey, look, a dude that can have a briefcase where an entire suit of armor comes out of it. Right. Same style concept. If if we were going to stick to a more real world situation like they try to do over on 24, Mm -hmm. 24 Legacy, Mm -hmm. it would have been zip ties and a baggie over the head. Yeah. But since this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of Hydra, you get a futuristic piece of tech that 
manacles them and then in the front it's not behind your back no it's it's okay we're going to trust them enough to where you can have your hands in front of you we're not going to make you uncomfortable but you are going to be wearing handcuffs and you are detained and you will and not we're be putting able to a bag over your yes. head exactly again it's the dark enough moment where you are contained mm-hmm. period paragraph and it's it's helping to paint the atmosphere of what happens inside this world it's it's so small but I wanted to make sure that we focused on it because it makes the larger picture that much more rich. You know, there was a bunch of tech inside of this episode, and I'm wondering what you guys would like to talk about in regard to talking tech. Let us know what you think by going to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page, fill out that quick web form, and tell us. Which kind of tech would you like to talk about inside this episode? The Look of Mace, The Patriot. I don't know if they just suck in different filters or if they actually had him do a whole bunch of pump before they filmed this particular no. scene. But he looks wonderful. Mm. I am so proud of what they have done with Jeff Mace inside of this to make him the Patriot. And not just, I'm talking about inside the series. Right. I don't mean just this episode. But inside of this episode in particular, he looks spectacular as what is a hero that could be pulled inside of any feature film anywhere and be ready to go. All he needs is some sort of, you know, half mask, Harley Davidson half cap riding motorcycle helmet. He's good. Yeah, yeah. He looks spectacular inside of this. I was actually surprised that they they never showed him doing any kind of uh, uh, feats of daring do because, well, let, let us not forget, in the real world, Jeffrey Mace is just a guy who juices up. Yeah, yeah. He's a figurehead. Mm-hmm. But something that I'm noticing, it's been a, a reason for me to go back and listen to previous podcasts to hear what we've talked about. The previous two storylines in this season have set up this one completely. Because if you go back and you remember, there has been a time when each one of our main characters has revealed a regret. And now all of those regrets have been taken away. Or at least that one major regret has been taken away. Yeah. In yeah. the framework. Yeah. And that's very well said. Evil Ada Madam Hydra even says it inside this episode where I took away their greatest regret and whatever happened in the framework, I that was it was left up to them. So this is a world that was created because certain things did not happen like they did in the real world. And for Mace his biggest thing was he always wanted to be a hero. Yeah. Not just a regular guy. And now here he is. Not only is he a hero, he's the hero. He's the only superhero. He's the leader of the resistance. So it's yeah, very with, interesting with, when you ex- examine yeah. all the other characters, yeah. too, and think about that. With the, Also with the wonderfully painted legend mm. that is referred to as he's met here by Ward and... Yeah, that's very well said. That's 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 very well said. And again, I just when you think that the the depth of writing cannot be expounded upon and and lauded, here it is again. Yep. You know, yep. just incredibly well done and a total testament to what this program offers to all of its mega feature film counterparts that are coming this year. Right. Because lest we forget, this year is a boon year. For Marvel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. Just, again, all, if all of you forget that this show is here, it, it makes such a block of where all of those films must reach story-wise. When I say puzzle piece, I don't mean simple puzzle piece. Oh, this piece goes here. Uh, that they interlock across months of storytelling man just uh, incredibly well done writers and marvel the fallen agent wall it's something we just snap by very quickly and there's hardly any attention paid to it but it is wonderful that they bother to have anything that small mm-hmm. yeah inside of this for those that are completely unfamiliar with it there I think just about every agency has a wall that is akin to this, where either a star is representative or some iconography is portrayed to depict fallen soldiers or agents or operatives. Mm-hmm. 
and the CIA has them, uh, FBI has them, just about every department of every law enforcement agency has something akin to this. And if they've got this makeshift inside of the rebel, inside of the rebellion cause nest, I really enjoyed that. And I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that because it was very much appreciated. Well, it also harkens back to season one when we visited the Academy, the Shield Academy. Mm. They had the same thing in the in the front lobby of the Academy. Well said. Uh, again, uh, the parallels of the real world meets the framework. Eerily similar, yet starkly different. And again, being able to paint that contrast, I think, is a really, really good hallmark. It's a, it's a balancing act. It's a tightrope act. And there are a lot of, even a room full of writers sometimes fail at it. Yeah, and just total home run moment there. And again, it's so small. Mm-hmm. It, it means nothing to most. But those of you that want to go and dig and find that depth of writing, man, here it is. Just grab a fork. 20 seconds of camera time, and here we are. We've been talking about it for a good five minutes. <laughs> the reappearance of Choppy Mall and Fatherly Mac. And I, I, we are going to leave where I'm laughing through that because it's fun. It, yeah. it, it is an absolute nod. And then, again, I, I, for those that don't know, I currently have a 13, soon-to-be 14-year-old, and... I can remember this age of having a daughter and laughing at things like this when my daughter didn't know everything. And it's fun. It's fun and it is it is glue and it is an absolute mire of quicksand mm. to wonder when it's all going to fall apart. Well. It's not that I'm looking forward to that, but with the masterful detailing and storytelling that's going on here, I cannot wait to see what happens. And that is when you know a show just like this fake universe has you, has you, because you can't wait to see what's coming next. And I I am. I'm absolutely mired in the, uh, it's so delicious. I I just, I, I can't wait to have another bite. Where's the next plate? And it's coming, and I can't wait to have it. And the fact that now Chopping Mall, instead of a movie that is a don't let evil robots ruin your life, (laughs) is now this fun little family movie that Mac will watch with his his daughter. Although he will fast forward the bad parts, I I find that I don't know if they did that for us, for the audience as a ha ha moment for us or if it shows, hey, in this world. Mac doesn't have a fear of killer robots. He has a fear of killer Nazis. Praying on the need to have hope in multiple ways, i.e. cognitively having hope because of this dark world, Mm -hmm. but then also having hope. Mac having his daughter. Right. Super, super striking storytelling here. I, I love it. I, I love it. it. It makes me totally endeared to a character that, again, you and I had almost no use for when introduced. Yeah. yeah Look, yeah. it's the giant black guy that's going to be the mechanic. Awesome. And they have just totally and made a the, rapture moment. Through the, the, the two seasons, two and a half seasons he's been around, he has developed beyond just. The big black guy who's going to be the mechanic. Yeah. I, and again, incredibly well done on the writer's part, but more importantly, on the actor's part. Because playing the big black guy that's going to be the mechanic, you know, checkbox, awesome. Yeah. But what they have made him into, especially with how, you know, he doesn't have a lot of lines inside this episode at all. No. And being able to be an actor that pulls off the... I am going to be mostly silent, but when I do speak, it's going to matter. Mm. Just wow. Wow writing here. Not only that, but you also play a dangerous game for viewers when you put children in peril. Yeah. And and dark peril. Dark peril. As much as we all want to joke about what's... And I don't know, joke is the wrong word. But that that sense of levity Mm. that has always been kind of, you know, an, an every now and then powdered sugar moment inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's not here. No. 
It's well, not here. We and haven't it, it had any kids on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We haven't had a, a child presence on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we've never really had to worry about it that much. Yeah. Except for during the flashback scenes of Bahrain mm-hmm. and seeing what May went through in the real world. Yeah. That's really the only time we've ever seen child in peril. But then it turns out, oh, no, it's an evil child. She's she's the one who's doing all these bad things, and she kind of needs to be put down. Yeah. You do run the risk of alienating certain viewers. Yeah. But it's it's peril at a, let's say, a PG-13 level. We never see anybody smacking the child around. Uh, we never see the child actually hysterically scared or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear her screaming in the background when they take her away. Uh, she's very calm when she's talking with Daisy. Very calm when she's reunited with her father again. But that peril is there. And the real peril all comes from Agent Melinda May. Yeah. Because the look that she is giving Mac tells you, basically just slaps you in the face with it, I will hurt your child to get what what I I want. want. Yeah. And that right there is scarier than seeing somebody actually roughing up a kid. Yeah. It's masterfully done. And you mentioned uh, some, I didn't even put her in here inside of this. And I think it's a total testament that I didn't put her in here to how striking the portrayal of Melinda May is inside of what's going on here. Originally, I thought it was a bit robotic when we started this launch, but it's terribly appropriate. It's, you know, it's it's the grizzled, I have been so burdened mm-hmm. portrayal that really is striking. It's I, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because it's something I didn't have inside of the, the skeleton for this episode, uh, but it really does need to be showcased and talked about someplace. Um, perhaps maybe a dossier moment coming up at uh, Melinda May inside this episode and her attitude and the being able to say so much while saying nothing. Yeah. It's incredibly striking. The hollowed out dad moment. Where I thought it was going and what happened and the Mike moment. This is very interesting because I again thought we were going to have this light switch flipping on moment. Mm. That while it would have been good because the guy that plays Mac is a good actor. Yeah. And I am incredibly enjoying this story tale wisp tale that I'm chasing on a dog in a story I like. Mm-hmm. This did not go anywhere where I thought it was going yeah. at all. Yeah. And this moment where, you know, the light, you can see the light bulbs coming on and you can see Mac coming alive. And then he reveals the microphone under his hands. Mm-hmm. And it is soul crushing. Just brilliant writing inside of this episode. So much so that I almost didn't want to reveal this to you because I wanted to make it my dossier moment. But it is such a striking moment inside of this episode, as is the look and expression on Mac's face. Mm. Absolutely bone-crushing destruction going Mm -hmm. on here. No matter how much love he has for his daughter he still doesn't want to see somebody else get hurt he doesn't want to betray the ideals that his daughter has for her father yeah and this is what he's doing he's i will betray my my all everything that i am to save my daughter at this moment i will put this other person in peril just so that my daughter will be safe which any any parent will understand but then you add on somebody like Mac, both here in the framework and in the real world, the, 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 his moral fiber. There is, there is something about having morals that always point true north. And that is something that has not changed between real world and framework mm. where Mac is concerned. Yeah. For me, during this episode, I, I agree with you. It, was, it didn't go the way that I thought. And uh, brilliantly done because I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? What happened? Has Mac been playing everybody this entire time? Has Mac known but didn't want to say anything because he has his daughter back? And it wasn't until Daisy realizes what's going on where Admiral Akbar is in my brain going, It's a trap! And of course, it's a trap because there's the microphone. I'm like, oh no! Yeah. 
totally soul-crushing on my part as the viewer. Like, oh, I thought we were going to have another ally, and no, now Daisy is screwed. Just, I don't have enough applause to give to the people that are writing this show. Mm. Because every week over the last couple of years, you and I come to the show and I get totally satiated. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it makes for such a double-edged sword in my life, being someone that loves to watch television and movies. Because I come to this show and I get so satiated. Right. I must have more of that that goes on inside of other programmings. And I am so disappointed so often. (laughs) It is such a strange little double-edged sword. But again, my total kudos to the people that wrote not just this scene, not just to the actor that plays Mac, not just to the people that helped to round out a picture of this very, very twisted alternate land that we get to see our heroes asterisk in. But just the appreciation I have for what I get to look at here, it's so much fun. Another elevator clearing scene. Winter Soldier was one of the definitive moments inside of elevator clearing where we got to see every single thwap, pow, destruction moment inside of that scene. Right. This is the other way that you paint it where you see very little but it's very clear as to what happens inside the elevator. Again, very well-directed moment that speeds across just seconds of a 43-minute episode of a program on network television. This is how you do it. This is how we do it. Again, it it paints a sample of how it can and should be done. Mm. Outright. I'm not surprised that this ended up on the show notes for this episode <laughs> because of your love for Captain America the Winter Soldier. Absolutely. I mean, there, there is, and if you haven't listened to it, folks, you have to. There's a great perspective review of Captain America yeah. the Winter Soldier yeah. that lasts longer than the actual movie itself, <laughs> but that's because it is so filled to the brim with great content. But the funny thing about this is while I'm watching the episode, the door's open, there's Daisy, and she's about to step in. I'm like, so before we start this, anybody want to step out? <laughs> so we're both thinking the exact same thing as <laughs> totally. we're watching the movie. And I think, and I, I want to say that, that's pro- that that is something that the writers did intentionally. I want to believe that that's something the writers did for the Marvel fans, for, it, for it, people who it, imbibe all of it. It is fabric. Yeah, it fabric. It is fabric. It is... I'm, I'm trying to imagine the other franchise that does something similar. And there are many that I just can't pull out of my brain right this second. Mm. Where they are nods or reference. Uh, Star Trek does it. Star Trek does it a bunch. And we've, I think we've even talked about some of that referencing stuff. In fact, maybe that's the har-har moment of this writing. Is that inside of Star Trek it happens so much. Which is also a total nod to what's going on inside this episode. I.e. Mirror, mirror universe stuff mm, that we yeah. talked about inside the last episode. Right, right. I love it. I love it. And I hope that if the writers and the creators of this, in particular this season of this instance of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are listening to our podcast, I hope that you guys really do appreciate what we notice of your appreciation of nodding to other things, in particular the Marvel Universe, because it is a ton of fun. It makes this program fun to watch and remember and and draw from as a, a lover of all of this stuff that we see that is Marvel. Yeah. Meeting the dead creator. Another wonder stroke. Nuclear bombs have been in the news cycle recently that we don't care about at all because we don't do politics here inside the, any of the two guys talking realm. But when we, you talk about nukes, you have to then graft onto... If you could go back to Oppenheimer mm. and ask him questions about what's going on or what could have happened or what has happened and what he thinks about it, all of that. This is another masterstroke where you get to go and ask the guy that got the ball rolling that eventually ran over him. Yeah. And these little reflective moments, I think, are really, really treasures. Well, I knew we were going to interact with Radcliffe at some point in time because, you know, we knew he was in there. Mm -hmm. I did not realize it was going to be this soon. Me either. And I did not realize it was going to be in the way that it was, kind of sequestered to this little private island 
Uh, basically, Ada is like, no, you're you're going to stay over here, stay out of the way, and as long as you stay out of my way, everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. And you get to play with what's your face. And you get Agnes. Agnes yeah, right. you get to have your real love with you. And the two of you can live in the framework forever and ever and ever and ever. Just don't get in my way. It's it's wonderful. And again, a total nod to the actor that plays Radcliffe, mm. who we loved when he came aboard. Oh, yeah. We loved during the episodes where he was just kind of crazy, wacky, crazy scientist. Please let me do what I want because I want to help people. Asterisk. Right. And the path that has been created for him is fun, even though he's dead. Yeah, another and knows he's dead too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just I, I love all of that. the The concept of playing with the fact that you know you're dead, but still have some sort of thought process. Mm. I think that that's hypnotic to many people, and we get to see it played out here inside of Agents of Shield. Agnes walking this world. It's haunting because when they first show her. It's this very nondescript angle where you can't see her face, and all you can see is the back three quarters of her walking away with like a, a bucket of flowers or something. And you know, it's very, very innocuous. She's behind the gardener hat, and she's fully clothed and, you know, just kind of nondescript. Right. And then when we meet her, uh, something I, I, I actually meant to put this inside of the previous uh, area, inside of the skeleton for this episode, how devastatingly gorgeous. Madam Hydra is. Mm. You know, like, I am drooling because she looks so gorgeous. Watch out now, Haley Atwell might get jealous. (laughs) Too true. (laughs) But then how plain Agnes looks as she showcased inside this episode. And I don't mean plain like, man, what a dog woof. Just, you know, plain. There she is. There's Mm -hmm. Agnes, the lady that was the basis for this gorgeous character that has been created. And I think it struck me even more because recently inside of an episode of Chopped on the Food Network, we were all introduced to another sproing moment for many years of my very young adulthood life. Dorothy Hamill, (laughs) gold medal figure skater. Right. Wow. Wow. Moments. And... So to see just kind of plain Jane Agnes in the gardening gear waiting for fate. Just wow. Gemma's plea to Ward. If it wasn't already cool enough that we got Ward back, if it wasn't cool enough that we're playing inside of the Mirror Mirror Asterisk universe, inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., inside of another Marvel property, probably more well-written than many of the Marvel films that have been put out. It now comes to this scene where Gemma pleads with Ward that Fitz cannot possibly be this murdering son-of-a-bitch guy right? for which you must murder him. Man, this scene is just balls awesome. Just, just wow again. Well, it's, it also delves into... Ward being kept in the dark. Ward doesn't like that. You've been lying to me since we've met. Tell me the truth. What What's really going on? Of course, the, the truth is ludicrous. I mean, really, the only reason why Coulson believes is because Coulson has a little bit of his memories from the real world. And he's been bathing in blue soap. Right. And he, he thinks before all this, he thought he was crazy. <laughs> he, was where, he was a tinfoil hat wearing, soap making wackadoo. Yeah, yeah. So to know that he's not necessarily crazy. He's still a little kooky. Yeah. But not necessarily crazy. Mm-hmm. Whereas now Gemma has to, Gemma is now forced to reveal the big secret to make herself sound crazy. All just to save slash prove a point that fits even in this world. Even if plugged into the not quite Matrix mirror mirror universe wouldn't murder an innocent person. But... Agnes dies. Again. Man, this little triple loop-de-doop... Wow. <laughs> wow, dude! You know what? The thing is is that I, I want to I wanna say that I was surprised that it happened. 
And in a way, I kind of was, but in a way I wasn't. And I wasn't disappointed that it happened either. Because again, you have to keep telling yourself, none of this is real. Mm -hmm. Except, very much like a horror film franchise that revolves around uh, a burnt up baddie who will (laughs) murder you in your sleep and you die for real in Mm -hmm. the real world. If any of our characters die in here, they're dead. Game over. It is game over. Yeah. The fact that we have Fitz murdering Agnes to prove a point that you you don't know me and yeah, I am going to kill this person and you are going to do what I say because I am Hydra number two. It was one of those things to where had it been a different actor and maybe some different writing and a different production team, it could be really, really cheesy really mustache twirling bad guy mm-hmm. but uh, it's it was cold it was calculated it fits murdered agnes like he was solving a math problem oh and here's the solution bang scary stuff when you think about it after everything we've gone through with the character in the real world it got chills just thinking about it i thought it was great not in that she's dead. Right. Well, yeah, but right. That not only did we tear her, her character off of the the proverbial piece of paper, but that Fitz did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, to go back to, I, I love going back to this. I know you didn't share it, but I was not a fan of Fitz mm-hmm. at the beginning of the series at all. Right, right. Look, another stupid geek. Ah, wow, he's even got a Scottish accent. Wow, that's original. <laughs> You Scotty rip off you. He's tremendous. The the depth and again, I, guys, I get the whole. Yeah, but Mikey's in a fake world. Blah. That's what makes it even that much more interesting. I've just done a really great job of building him as a character, putting him into great storytelling, and being able to help round out a really strange picture. That while you want to know what's going to happen next, you don't know what's going to happen next, right. and I don't. That's what makes you come back for the next episode. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's also it's a parallel to the whole Mac thing. Because think about it. When Mac realizes this isn't fake, what is he going to do? Would he rather stay here so he has his daughter? Is he going to destroy this world? Destroying his daughter? Now think of Fitz. Once Fitz realizes that this isn't real, but he did murder somebody who was real. I mean, Agnes was only real now in the framework. That was it. He has taken an innocent life. How do you think he's going to move forward after that? Again, character development, sky's the limit where that's concerned. I mean, it could go so many different ways. Yeah. Again, wonderful building blocks inside of a series that can take our characters so far in a reasonably short amount of time that it's wonderful. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with it. Mac comes clean. Asterisk. A very interesting crescendo here at the end of the episode where Mac comes to them and says, I need to help because I cannot look at my daughter because of the shame that's going on. Right. Uh, another complete gut punch for me, daddy of a 13 year old going on 14 year old. And a, a nugget that is so well played here. It's the generation moment, but what that that little seeping in the background going on there is, I don't want to do any of this because I want to live on with my daughter. It's all there, dude. Mm-hmm. And it is so powerful. I don't know if that was a piece of what needed to be written into the script or if the actor that plays him was thinking that, but damn, it showed. It absolutely showed. Well, you also don't know whether or not to trust him or not. You don't hmm. know if this is genuine. Well said. Whether it's a it's or just if an this arm is twisting. a continued play by May to get more from the resistance. More intel, right? You know, yeah. it's it's oh, wow. it, again. Yeah. You you just you, you can't trust him now because of what he did before. You know his motivations. I will do whatever I can to protect my daughter. Well, is aligning with the resistance really a way to protecting your daughter? No. Keeping your head down, following the laws, and doing what Hydra says, that's how you protect your daughter. So, again, moving forward, 
I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on Mac because uh, it's a little suspicious to me now, which is great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's exactly how I should feel. Mm -hmm. Another wonderful detail of what's going on inside of Agents of Shield on ABC during this episode review of season four, episode seventeen, Identity and Change. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. There's a new president in town. While we don't have any presidential bio history on this one, there's all kinds of education, information, and detail available about every president over at presidentialbio.com with host Bill Tracy. Presidentialbio.com. That's presidentialbio.com. The presidential bio. Dead end job? Lackluster love life? Poor social skills? Sometimes reality sucks. What better way to find a brief escape than with video games? Let Two Guys Talking Horror take you on a journey through the dark side of gaming with Game Over. The history of survival horror in video games. Get in on all the pixelated gore at twoguystalkinghorror.com. That's twoguystalkinghorror.com. 24 Legacy features a new hero, a new day, a completely new cast, but also tons of new 24 fans. It's time to participate with all of them over at 24legacyfans.com. That's 24legacyfans.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. This time, Season 4, Episode 17, Identity and Change. When we return back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast after break, it's time to crack open our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. The S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier is where Nick and I find either an actor portrayal, an interesting episode moment, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got? It's interesting. Before we started the podcast, I had my dossier already. I, really? I knew it, yeah. Knew what I wanted to talk about <laughs> for my dossier. <laughs> and then we start talking about this episode, and now it's completely changed. Chemistry set interveneth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because I will eventually talk about this point. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the episode. Sure. Just a little heads up for a future podcast episode. I will be talking about the ramifications of the rest of the Marvel Universe inside this framework. Because mm. if you noticed, there's no Tony Stark flying around in a suit of armor. There's no Thunder God looking all buff and built. And we haven't had any green monsters or anything else like that showing up. So 
eventually I, I will I will be talking about that in a future episode. I'm giving this storyline a little chance to maybe fill in some more blanks. Okay. We're only two episodes in. Sure. So now my new dossier, since we've talked about this, Madam Hydra and her bitch. <laughs> we only glanced a little bit on Fitz in this episode towards the end, but there is a lot of great stuff that happened concerning Fitz along with Madam Hydra in this episode. The one major thing that we find out, he doesn't know who Gemma Simmons is at all. So all of our guessing from the previous episode of having her torn from his life is what made him this cold, calculating person. Nope, that's that's gone. Yeah. Completely gone, which is great. Yeah. It's also great because Madam Hydra thought that was also going to be his breaking point. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was interesting to see (laughs) her sweat about revealing it and then go, oh, because it shows that Madam Hydra doesn't know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Very well which, said. which you can actually attest to her attitude through the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed, and again, it's it's a quick line of di- it's a piece of dialogue in a bigger chunk of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Fitz references his father. And if you go back to the real world past episodes, Fitz never grew up with his father. So now you have to ask yourself, what's Fitz's one regret? What's the biggest regret that Ada would have taken away to allow Fitz to be happy in the framework? Mm. I believe, and maybe we'll get to this as we have more episodes to go, I believe that having his father in his life is what changed Fitz. And if that's the case, I really hope we get to meet his father, even if it is just here in the framework. Interesting. To continue with the Madam Hydra and her bitch analogy, the fact that Madam Hydra keeps Fitz so close because it seems like he is the only person she cares about not flipping. So... That right there shows emotion. That's not something Ada in the real world has. Yeah. This Ada, who, God help you if you call her Ada inside the framework. Yeah. But this Madam Hydra, this is something new. This is, this is a character that does have emotions. She loves Fitz mm. to the point of spearheading all of this, making him the most, the second most important and powerful person in this world how did that happen that's not supposed to be able to happen Mm -hmm. which i'm very interested now that we've got radcliffe involved i'm hoping that more things can be learned about ada in the framework how did she learn emotion how did she learn love how did she learn hate all very interesting and that is my shield dossier. I think what I also take from that is I can remember vividly when we started this season slash when we started the concept of this framework being developed. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I remember specifically focusing on and hoping it would never go to is that we were going to develop this next generation holodeck technology. And I'm so happy that we have no hallmarks at all of those two things being at all similar or being depicted as, hey, look, it's the Marvel holodeck. Because that's not what this has become. Right. It, it has a lot of the same characteristics in that it's an alternate world. It's jacked in. People can interact with it. and If you turn off the safeties, then you can die. Yeah, yeah. right. They, they've avoided all of those specific pieces, parts that would make you go, oh, yeah, great writing, super original. No. They've avoided all of that. It is super original, utilizing all of the lore and the fact-finding pieces inside of this series and these characters. Mm-hmm. I, I find that incredibly attractive. It's 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 very, again, it's robust. It makes you want to know what's going on with the series. I, I love that. I think my dossier inside of this episode has to be, without question, Mac Daddy. Mm-hmm. His portrayal inside of this episode all of the pinprick moments throughout the entire episode that are all very, very commonsensical things that 
daddies would really, really appreciate and understand. Mm-hmm. He, he hit so many of them. I, can't, I, I lost count. Yeah. And I love that. I love that it showcases the want of I would do anything for my daughter because I think all dads would say that. They would do anything for their daughter. Right. Max showcases that to the nth degree, even having Daisy hauled away, tortured, beaten, blah, all of it. Mm-hmm. The depictions of what Mac does and probably will be doing inside of not just this episode, but the remaining episodes of this storyline, yeah. I think are going to be tremendous uh, with this actor in the, in the front end of it doing a lot of heavy lifting with some really, really great skill set, and I can't wait to see it. Something you'll remember, too, I almost mentioned this before when you talked about it. Mac is one of the very few people inside of this series that's moved me to tears. And it yeah. was when uh, Hunter and Bobby and left. And Bobby left, yeah, the spies farewell. Uh, yeah. And I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Because I really, again, it's out, It's not even, I love that character. It's not so much that I love the character. I love the stories that they're painting mm-hmm. with that character. And I can't wait to see where they're going to go with that in Mac. So Mac is definitely my dossier. We're curious what you guys are having inside of your dossiers. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. Boldly. That's agentsofshield.tv. Spoing. And inside of there, use the contact form to contact us. Fill out the quick web form and tell us who is inside your dossier for this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah, the rating for yet another episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC, this time Season 4, Episode 17, Identity and Change. The scale works thusly. 10, a solemn top number. Not matched all the time. Who are we kidding? It's a whole bunch of 10s, I think. (laughs) 1s are crap. Something we haven't seen inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a very, very long time. Yep. If ever. Uh, Everything starts at a 7. The numbers go up with positives, the numbers go down with negatives, and Nick, there are no halvesies. Nick, what have you got? Here we are, episode two of this new story arc. And everything that I had predicted or (laughs) contemplated or thought, oh yeah, well this is how it's gonna happen. Because yes, that I've watched enough television, I've watched enough movies, I've read enough stories, I've written enough stories, I know storytelling. And there's usually there's a flow, there's a pattern in everything. If you're gonna do it normally, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it a- the average way. Mm-hmm. This show has proven time and time again, over the last several seasons, this is not an average show. Right. We don't have average writers writing this show. Mm -mm. You don't have average producers putting this show together. This is an above average show. And yes, there have been times where I have predicted things further on down the line. I knew that was going to happen. But this is the one show that really pisses me off because half the time I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I say it pisses me off because I don't like not knowing what's going on. That's why I do watch the fourth and the fifth and the sixth trailer before a movie is released. I want as much information as I I can get Mm -hmm. before I go into the movie. Not that I want to know everything about it, Mm -hmm. just so that I know this is going to be something I will enjoy. Mm -hmm. This show keeps me on my toes. And I I hate it, but I love it. Mm -hmm. It's a love-hate relationship. In between two episodes, I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea we were going to get a crazy tinfoil hat wearing homemade soap making Coulson. Mm-hmm. I figured we were going to, it was going to be, oh, light bulb moment. I'm Coulson again. Let's go find the rest of our team. Uh-huh. No, that's not what happened. I figured it was going to be a little while before Daisy gets captured and, and, and tortured by, by Hydra. No, guess what? Happens by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so many ups and downs. This isn't an average show, so it's not getting a seven. Mm-hmm. And it's had so many great things happen in this episode. It's not getting an eight or a nine either. Guess what? Ten. I dare you to say anything other than a ten. Uh, well, and I will say something different than a ten. Who am I kidding? Ten. No, yeah, of course, you're gonna say ten. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is also a ten. I I have waxed philosophic now for over an hour as we look at the the recording time yeah, inside this yeah. episode and. 
It is. It's a 10. I can tell you all kinds of different awesome things inside of this episode that we haven't yet talked about, but it all stretches toward a 10. Wow. Again, when I can plan on after Tuesday happens, having a wonderful little piece of absolute sanctuary to sit and just revel in some awesome storytelling and acting mm-hmm. that all blends directly into this this awesome tapestry that is Marvel Entertainment. You guys are doing it so right. I don't even know what else to say other than 10. That's where we ask you guys, what did you give this episode? Ten. I, I, I think I think you said 10. Ten, sure. 10. <laughs> Let us know what you gave this episode by going over to our website. That's agentsofshield.tv. Click anywhere on the right-hand side. Fill out the quick web form and tell us, what did you think of this episode? Season 4, Episode 17, Identity and Change. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately, facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. To be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews and more, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End. This top secret two guys talking communication.